0: Before we begin, this episode contains references to disordered eating. If this is something that you struggle with, please take that into consideration and as always, take care of yourself.
1: Think about it's like the things that make you you because those are really unique and probably not like anyone else and the world probably needs more of that.
2: Hey Ariel, how's your week been? My week has been good. We launched the podcast on Tuesday. We
0: did. Now it's Friday. It's been no. It's, it's Saturday.
2: Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> Today is Saturday. It's been a long week. I don't know about you, but for me it's been a mix of emotions. Like I feel so excited and and happy that it's out there. I also feel I felt so tired this week like it felt like we'd been working towards it for so long and then just letting it out the day that we let it out I literally just laid on the couch most of the day and that felt I know I was so jealous <laughs> I know you had to like work work I yeah. was like on my couch which was really nice and then also like in terms of people reaching out about the podcast it's been so nice it's been so nice and there have been so many surprising things like people that I didn't, I didn't expect have reached out. Um, our guest, Anna told us about all of these beautiful messages that mm-hmm. she got people trying to connect with her. And for me, I see that as a huge win for her and a huge win for us. And like, that's why we're doing this to create a space for, for that, and to create a space for people to not feel so alone in their own experience.
0: Yeah. It, it was a really overwhelming response, which was really exciting, but also overwhelming. Mm-hmm. I have deleted my Instagram as of yesterday <laughs> <laughs> just to give myself a couple of days of break. Cause I mean, this is such a wonderful thing to complain about, but getting notifications on our podcast Instagram, on my personal Instagram looking at how many people were downloading the podcast, it was just a lot of, it was a sensation overload. And so I had to just put it away for a minute because I started refreshing too much. Mm -hmm. And I just, my brain started automatically like clicking on the Instagram icon and opening that up without even thinking about it. So I have since deleted, but I'll probably be back by the time this comes back out because your girl can't stay away for that long. (laughs) Yeah. But it it was really incredible just to hear... People's feedback on it and to hear how it was impacting them, especially Anna's episodes, like those seem to really resonate. And that was just so exciting. We talked about this a little bit, like our job as creating the vessel for these conversations.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And that was really rewarding knowing that we created the space for Anna to share so much of her wisdom because she's so Oh, she's just got all of these nuggets of wisdom. Yeah. And she speaks so much truth. She speaks so vulnerably. And for her to share her story was so, it felt like truly an honor that she did that with us. Yeah. And part of me had this feeling of, I didn't say the smartest parts of this episode, or like it was Anna's moment to shine. Mm -hmm. And, we've talked about it so much that like our role is really creating this vessel for these conversations too. And that has so much impact too. So it felt like a real honor that people really resonated with what Anna talked about.
2: Yeah. It also felt good to hear that people like to be with us. Like it sounded like, like you're sitting with your friends and chatting about something. And that to me is a huge Honor and definitely an intention that I had behind it. Yes. So that feels really good, and I hope that that continues.
0: I just have this vision of lots of people sitting around us right now, <laughs> like with glasses of wine. <laughs> You're all here with us instead.
3: Yeah, which
2: I is mean, really nice. I hope for that. Like, I just want people to feel like they're here. Like, it's okay for you to be here. It's okay for you to just sit down and yeah. relax and. Either shake your head like, yeah, I agree with that, or like, what are they talking about? But I'm going to follow the threat. Like, either way, I think that that's great.
0: Oh, that's such a good point. Yeah. Like, people can disagree with us. It's okay because this is just our own personal experiences.
2: Yeah. We just want you to be here with us. (laughs) (laughs) And also, we were just chatting in the car. We had a little uh, getaway today on Saturday, and we were chatting in the car about how we want to make sure that the podcast is not us preaching to people and us telling people like we are fully healed perfect human beings and here's how we do it because the fact of the matter is the name of the podcast is wouldn't we like to know because we don't know so much stuff and we still are going through so many challenges in our own lives and so I think it's the blend of realizing how far we've come while also realizing that we still have so much to learn yeah I also want to say something really Funny, a funny, funny piece of feedback that we have gotten has been that um, our voices sound really similar, and that people don't know which of us is talking at certain times. Like even my boyfriend, even my boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now nobody knows who's talking. Even my boyfriend was who's like, boyfriend <laughs> was like, yeah. Sometimes I don't know until you get into aerialisms. So. This is Ariel speaking currently, right now. And this is Linda speaking currently, right now. I
0: have listened to so many podcasts where when I first started listening to the podcast, I couldn't tell the speakers apart. And then also, sometimes then I would follow them on Instagram and see them speaking with their voice, and I felt like it was very off-putting because I was like, oh, that face doesn't go with that voice. That <laughs> voice doesn't have a face. <laughs> but like with time, I just... Got used to it. Because to me, at first, their voices sounded exactly the same. Yeah. But then they started looking different. I think it's with faces, too. Or like with people, when you meet people, they look so similar to each other. It's hard to tell people apart sometimes when you haven't really learned much about them. But then you start to get to know them. And you learn their voice. Or you learn their mannerisms. And you really get to know who's who.
2: I think it's being able to put it into context. And hopefully, that will help. But I did want to address it. Because it's funny. And at the same time, uh, I don't want us to shift the way that we're doing this too much. Like I know that it will evolve, but I don't want to think too much about like, this is Ariel speaking now. Mm. And, um, let me continue my thought. I think the better solution
0: here is that one of us has to get a voice transplant.
2: So I'm just going to start in my Australian (laughs) accent from here on out. So if anybody, uh, needs to know this is Ariel, and I will be speaking like this for the entirety of the podcast.
0: What's the word? The
2: Arnar. arnor. Oh, er-ner. <laughs> you really can't do it.
0: <laughs> I think that's the oh. solution because God knows I can't do an Australian accent. So I wanted to acknowledge
2: yeah. it because I do think that it's funny. And it is we, funny. we, we also we hear, Jeff, yeah. step it up. Jeff, get to know your girlfriend, aka me. It's
0: been five years. You would think that by now you'd know her voice. It's fine. I'm, I'm not
2: offended. Um. So. Thank you to everyone who has listened so far and who has shared. We're really glad you're here. Thank you for tuning in. We're so
0: glad. Well, everyone, with that said, welcome to Wouldn't We Like to Know with Arielle and Linda, the podcast where we get honest, deep, and curious about life's big conversations
3: because we don't have to do it alone.
0: Today on the podcast, we have Lauren Tierney. Lauren is the creator and host of the former Life's Next podcast, a platform for young women to connect and learn from other smart and successful people about navigating the many complexities of life after college.
3: Last year, together with her co-host, she launched List, a weekly Web3 podcast highlighting consumer-focused blockchain and metaverse
2: use cases.
3: Together, they explore a new use case each week to help listeners discover
0: Web3's applicability to their work and ensure their audience stays ahead of the curve. Lauren is a self-proclaimed dessert connoisseur, especially anything with chocolate and peanut butter. Who's not? I mean, that sounds great. That sounds great. Yeah. Please enjoy our conversation with
2: Lauren. I don't know about you, but I've been a ride-or-die for Thrive Market for many, many years now. They make a healthy lifestyle easy and affordable with their $5 a month membership. I get all my organic pantry items from them. Beans, grains, spices, snacks. I go mad for the huge chocolate-covered cashews.
0: Oh, mm. uh, yes! Those chocolate-covered cashews, those are honestly my favorite sweet treat of all time. And over the holidays, I actually even brought them home and had my mom try them. And now she's obsessed with them, too.
2: Thrive also has major deals on non-toxic cleaning products, supplements, home goods, even wine, and sustainable meat and seafood. So you can get so much of your shopping done in one place.
0: Okay, this is random, but they have the best cotton buds. They're Swedish and biodegradable. I mean, what more could you want? And they also have wellness formula, which is both of our secret weapon for not getting sick.
2: What I love about their membership-based market is not only that they provide high-quality, organic, and sustainable products at huge savings, but they also care about their environmental and community impact. For every annual membership, they sponsor a membership for a family
0: in need. They're carbon neutral and working on becoming carbon negative by 2025.
2: Plus, their products are all non-GMO and go through a thorough vetting process. Take 40% off your first order when you become a member with our link, which you can find in our show notes or via the link in our Instagram bio.
0: Now back to the show. As we get into this conversation, first of all, we're so glad you're here. We met at a conference like a year ago. We met at the Create and Cultivate Small Business Conference, which is kind of hilarious because guess who doesn't have a small business? This girl. We do now. We do now. We do now. And you had the podcast, which was. And the podcast, but it's just like,
1: I felt like such an imposter going to that event. Oh, because like, I went alone. I flew there and my boyfriend was like, where are you going to? And I was like, I don't know, just like, looks cool. And then I remember we met eating lunch and I was just like, so does anyone want to like chat? Because I don't know anyone here.
0: You were such a good connector. You were so open. I was terrified. And I just like sat down and I, you seem to have already met people and like, were talking to people there. And I was like, oh, she came with a group of people. No. You were so comfortable. You seemed so comfortable well, to me.
3: I appreciate that. That's so brave. I think it's so brave to just sign up for something and go knowing that you don't know anybody. And taking yeah. it's
0: like taking a bet
3: on yourself of like, I don't know how this is going to turn out, but I'm going to try my best. And it's interesting to hear both of you talk about how you saw each other show up and you both like seemed so confident and seemed like you already had friends. And meanwhile, you just said you felt like it's such an imposter. I just think it's really expansive to hear what's going on on
1: the inside, you know? A few years ago, I decided like I just – anything I signed up for, anything I said I was going to do, I was going to do. Like that's kind of like my best quality and worst quality to a fault. And my mom always said just like if you meet one person, the event could be worth it. Like if you just meet one person, go and meet your one person. And like I always think about that because I've gone to so many events alone now and I just – My my circle has completely expanded. I have met some of the most incredible people that have given me job opportunities, have introduced me to other people, closest friends, like just going and saying, okay, if I meet one person, this thing's a success. And then you kind of take the pressure off yourself.
0: And even like years later, that could be impactful. Like we haven't talked in a year or so. And then we reconnected maybe like a month ago when I was like, mm-hmm. Hey, we're doing this podcast. And I know that you've built a really successful podcast. And I really admire you. You were such a big expander for me and seeing that, Oh, this, this is possible. This is something that you've built. You've built two of them. A year ago, I would have never thought like maybe a month yeah. after the conference, I was like, Okay, well, I went but like, I don't really see like the long-term impacts of it, but here we are now like having a conversation
1: again. Your life is all about your network. It's a blessing and a curse, but it's like the people that do the most in life, I think like have the most expansive networks, the most connected people, the most powerful people, like, Unfortunately, it's all about your network. So if you're not getting out there, it's going to be really hard. Just meeting people and creating relationships is, is how you move up in life, is how you find expanders, is how you figure out what you want from life. Because you might not even know like a job exists until you meet someone that's like doing this cool job or building this cool business. And you're like, wait, that's cool. I want to do that. But like, if you don't get outside of your little bubble, you just have no idea what's out there.
0: Speaking of things that we don't know exist, um, we have to ask you, because even though it's not the focus of this podcast, we can't miss an opportunity to learn from a pro. What, What exactly is Web3 and blockchain? In like in toddler terms, (laughs) we're toddlers. Web3 needs a rebrand.
1: It has all these buzzwords around it that some people love, some people hate, like NFTs and blockchain. It's really just the next iteration of the internet. It's just technology that's fundamentally going to impact our lives. The average consumer doesn't need to know what the blockchain is, they just need to know that technology is evolving and it's going to make our lives and our digital experiences better. To believe in the future of Web3, you have to believe that we're going to spend more and more time using our computers and interacting digitally. We're going to spend more time and money owning digital assets, whether we like it or not. We have handles on Instagram now, but we don't own those. We have domains. Maybe we own some of them, but it's really hard to prove ownership. Like Think about your friends who may run a business on Instagram. If you lose access to that, you lose access to your entire business. What if you had... This wallet, and that's what we call it in Web Three. That you could log into your Instagram, your email, all of your medical records were in there, your education records. Like, there's a lot here that has to do with identity. And right now, in Web Two, we just don't own our identity in the way we could and should. Right now, we're talking that this is like a metaverse experience, but it's not that engaging of one. Right? What if we could have more immersive experiences that make the way we use technology better, less draining, more engaging? And I think that's the promise of the metaverse, and like. Think about kids in school. What if they can put on headsets and be in China and explore like other places in history class, go to different things like the access that a lot of people don't have money to travel. They might have the opportunity to go see things they could never see because of these immersive experiences. At a high level, those are some reasons I'm passionate about the future of Web3. And I think saying Web3 is not for you. is like saying the internet's not for you. It's going to impact us all. You probably don't have to know the ins and outs of it, but it's just technology is going to continue to innovate. In starting a conversation about passion outside of work... I think it makes sense to start with what's your traditional job. I work for a software company doing experiential marketing, experiential meaning a lot of event marketing and field marketing across all different events from 6,000 person events to really small intimate VIP events. I've learned a lot as a marketer that I take into a lot of the things I do outside of work.
3: And so since that is your job job, how did LifeSnacks come to life? What sparked the idea for you?
1: Yeah, so I actually graduated college a year early and I moved to San Francisco because I had an internship at the company I work for now. And I was like, wow, how the F do you make friends as an adult? How like do I find an apartment? How do I do my taxes? Like All these little things at school literally doesn't tell you about. I was there in the city and I was like, there just needs to be like more conversations, like vulnerable conversations around these things. As humans, we're more connected than ever. And we're also lonelier than we've ever been. Like data shows that we ha- we have a loneliness problem. And I really wanted to just like open a platform to have these conversations. I had no idea how to do it, but I thought I'd give it a shot. So I started a podcast called Life Snacks, where I interviewed successful female entrepreneurs, authors, um, some influencers, business owners, and really just asked them like, so what advice would you tell the younger you? That was like really the premise of the conversation. I felt like because, you know, when older people look at you and they say, if I only knew what I know now when I was your age, I'm like, well, then tell me because (laughs) I want to be successful and I want to figure it out. And then I hosted a few events in Chicago when I moved here, um, just trying to help people make friends, like genuinely go to an event, feel something, learn from a speaker that inspires you or gives you a tidbit of advice and then like connect with other people your age. And in this case, it was young women. That was my biggest goal. Just like bring people together, make people less lonely and just help people feel seen on this journey. Cause I think everyone's like, Oh, I'm supposed to have the right job and have it figured out and have all the friends when it's like, actually your first years after college are so different from college. Like nothing like them. You're like, usually lost if you move to a new city you don't know where, like many friends you don't have a big friend group it's just different and i wanted people to feel seen through that experience
0: yeah post college really just spits you out and <laughs> is like okay have fun figure it out now i think it's so cool that you created
3: something that you needed for yourself the effect of that spread to everyone around you. You needing community, you created this platform that helped other people create
1: community too. I think that's so cool. I was like looking at all these meetup groups. I like tried to join a running club in San Francisco. That was a nightmare. I was like the slowest runner. Like I didn't realize I showed up to like a marathon running event. Everyone's wearing like their latest marathon shirt. And I'm like, we were just going for a jog. That's like Linda though. Linda, Linda does did the that. same
3: thing. Really? <laughs> but yeah. you'd like run, run.
1: You well, do. I
0: started to, I didn't before that. When I joined the running club, I wasn't a runner, but I joined and then everybody was like, oh yeah, I'm running like six marathons this, races, this year. Yeah. They're
1: like, oh, you've never done Berlin? I was like, I've run two half marathons. I just thought maybe everyone wanted to be friends.
0: We've had such a similar experience. That's so funny. Um, I was like, I'll never run a race. And then I ended up running a half marathon like six yeah. months later because of the peer pressure.
3: You did so well. Thank you. Mom. So you're welcome, daughter. So, practically, how did you balance starting a passion project with
1: your job, with your work? I think if there's a will, there's a way. You know, there's weekends, there's time after work, there's time before work. I work on West Coast hours and I live in Chicago, which gives me like more free time in the morning sometimes. But everyone has the same amount of hours in the day. I just think whenever people have ideas, like the first thing they say is like, well, I probably don't have time for that. And it's like, you'd be surprised how much time you have when you just, like, as you guys probably found with this podcast, like you make time for things that matter. Like how much time do we spend scrolling on our phones or watching TV? Like a lot of people spend a lot of time doing that. And I'm not saying that's the wrong way to live. I'm just saying you have to prioritize the things you care about. I'm someone that's like, if I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. I said, that's one of my faults because like like my biggest pet peeve is people that like bail. I'm just like, if you say you're going to be there, you got to be there. I was like so sick a few weeks ago and I planned this like really fun women's dinner. I was so excited to connect to all these women. My boyfriend was like, Lauren, you cannot go. You're going to get everyone else sick. I'm like, but if I say I'm sick, they're just going to think like, uh, oh. you know, when someone bails and they say like, oh, I'm not feeling well. You're like, mm. maybe that's just like the doubtingness in me. Anyhow to that, all that to say is just, I just prioritized it. I spent a lot of weekends on it.
0: So clearly you've built something where you saw both an issue that you were having, but also something that everyone else that's post-college was experiencing a very similar issue. But I'm curious, how did starting the podcast nourish your soul in a way that your primary job wasn't fulfilling?
1: I felt like I was making an impact and like Genuinely making people feel seen. And it was totally just like selfish, right? Like I wanted to have the conversations and I wanted to help other people that were in the same position as me. And I think when you work for a big corporation, I do feel fulfilled from a lot of the work I do. I execute a great event and it feels great and I work really hard, but I wanted to touch people's lives in a different way. I felt like just so fulfilled when someone would reach out to me and be like, I listened to this podcast. I just have to tell you, like, I needed that today. Like this totally resonated with me. And it's like, you'd be surprised the people that come out of the woodworks, like they didn't know followed you or didn't know where you were still on their radar. And were like, I just want to let you know, like this really impacted me. I think it's just important to like have a why behind every day. And I felt like I really found that through hosting the podcast. How did having a podcast affect you personally? It helped me find my voice. Like even just like having this conversation today, I think I'm tactically more eloquent because I've had to speak and listen to myself speak into a microphone so many times. Like the first few podcasts, I kept just saying annoying things that no one else would think are annoying. But I was editing it. But it really helped me understand how to speak and share my voice and get my message across and be a bit more concise. And then I also think it gave me confidence. Like I said, I was going to do this thing. I googled a bunch. I reached out to a bunch of people. I emailed a bunch of strangers I don't know, asking them to come on the show. And I did it. I feel so strongly about this idea. Maybe you've been there in your life. I think we've all been there where you make promises to yourself and you break them. I'm going to start this podcast, or maybe it's just like, I'm going to run a half marathon. And then you're like, "Mm," and you don't end up doing it or whatever it is. And I think that really wears down on your self-confidence. I think I was like that for a long time. I struggled with my mental health and I think because I was struggling before this, like that took over all the promises I made to myself. And it just felt really good to be like, you know, what? I did that. Like it was a it was a point for my self-confidence. And since then like I've spoken at stage on stages, I've spoken to high school students, I've spoken at organizations, and I've just like built up that muscle. and it's truly a muscle and like you need reps to do it. But just continuing to keep promises to myself was so impactful, especially these last few years.
3: The fact that you were doing these things, even though you were scared and even though you didn't necessarily have the experience, it's just wonderful. Like it's something that everyone I think needs to hear. I know that I need to hear it again and again, because I think that there's an assumption that if you're doing a thing, then you don't have fear then none of that stuff exists and you have total confidence. But I think it needs to be said that everyone
1: has been scared. If you're not afraid, you're probably not thinking big enough about your life. If you're not really uncomfortable, then you probably should be thinking bigger. Like my New Year's solution was to get more uncomfortable and fail more. Because it's like, if you're not failing, then you're not trying anything that's hard enough to be worth failing for. And I think that we often choose the safe route. But We're not going to grow. Like, it's so hard to grow. And, like, I struggle with this often. It's just like, you want to stay safe. You're like, this is a safe opportunity, a safe job, a safe this. But it's like, you're not going to expand yourself until you make yourself really uncomfortable.
3: And the fact that failure is seen as like the worst thing
1: that can happen to a person in our society. I think that most people, probably struggle with that right like I think taking risks is so hard and like it also there's a lot of privilege with being able to take certain risks but I think I'm always happiest that I put myself out there and I did it at the end of it sometimes it's like you just want to close your eyes like you go to a crazy scary event alone or you do something you're like I can't wait for three hours from now when I'm home in my pajamas and I did it. You know, like you just got to be like, I'm going to get through it. I'm not going to die. Sometimes that is the only thing that gets me
0: through. I'm not going to die. We were literally just talking about this the other day. We were thinking about maybe having a party for our lunch. Oh
1: my gosh, you have to.
0: Okay, thank you for encouraging us because I was terrified because my friends, some of my friends were like, you have to have a lunch party. Like, are you going to have a lunch party? And I was like, no, because what if no one comes? And I was like, well... What if they do? Yeah. <laughs> and like, is that the worst thing in the entire world if no one comes to the party? Like, we'll both be there. We'll, we'll have be a there. great time. Yeah.
1: I, I mean, I hosted a few events and I sold tickets to one, which was absolutely terrifying. So I had so much of my money on the line and like, I put so much money into this event and the tickets were $50. I felt like I was asking everyone for a thousand bucks. Like, you know, you're like, wow, I'm asking people for $50 for one ticket and like, it did end up selling out, but it was terrifying. But then it was like, what's the going to happen? No one's going to show up. My event's still going to be fun. We think about that all the time, just like in my corporate job. It's like, let's say it's not a filled event. Like we're doing this to make people leave feeling a certain way. Like there's a mission behind this and like those certain people showed up. So you better fucking get out there and put on the best damn event for them.
3: And I think that goes down to like quality versus quantity too. Like it doesn't yes. matter the number of people that attend. It matters if they are people that care and that want to be there. So you mentioned mental health and I know that you and Linda and your correspondence touched on your recovery from an eating disorder mm-hmm. and how having a passion project outside of your work really helped with that. I was wondering if you could talk about that a little bit. Yeah,
1: of course. I struggled for a long time. I mean, a long time in my head, I guess it was a long, like three years. And when I started the podcast, I was definitely like still struggling I mean, like to break it down, like it started in college, at the end of college, like my life was pretty easy in college. Like I I went out with my friends. I didn't have to work. Like I was very, very privileged. And I think like you just find things to fixate on. And for me, it was like, I was kind of done partying, which is like one of the reasons I graduated early. And I was like, just like, I'm going to get really fit. I did it. It was great. And then I couldn't stop thinking about it. And it was just like this obsession. And I think these things... I mean, they're such complicated subjects and they form out of a lot of reasons. But for me, it was just like, there was a lack of like anything else. So then I fixed it on leaving school and getting a better job. And I don't think I really came out of it until I started the podcast because like I wanted it more. And I think like you have to want something more than the other thing. Like I was like, I want this podcast and this life I'm building more than I have this like awful need to stay small. Staying small was the hardest part and made everything else not okay, made leaving the house terrifying, like all these things. And I think it just took looking outside myself, looking at the life I wanted to build, looking at the person I wanted to build it with, like looking at the impact I wanted to have. With eating disorders, I think a lot of times so much of your brain space is consumed with like your weight, your workouts, and your food. And that's not with everyone, but it's definitely the case with me if that was taking up all my brain space, how was I ever going to make an impact on the world? How was I ever going to do something worth noting if my whole world revolved around staying small? And of course I had to, I went to therapy and did a lot of things, but I would just, I would just say that to anyone struggling, like it's okay. It's okay that you're struggling and get help and look for things outside yourself. Like, and that's not going to cure everything, but for me, like I'm so driven by impact on the world and like wanting to do something with my life, whatever that may be, that it's like I don't have time in my brain to do both. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, of course. It's fascinating to me
3: talking about staying small and then also hearing about your experience with the podcast and how – It forced you to get bigger. It didn't force you, but it allowed for you to expand and to host these events and for you to connect with community and how that seems to be the opposite of how you were feeling with the eating disorder. Yeah. Is there any advice that you can give to loved ones to help someone with an eating disorder? Was there anything that helped
1: you, either your family, friends, boyfriend? It's so hard because I think your family wants to help but until like you want help, you kind of want, like for me, I was awful. Like I want everyone to fuck off. I was just like, I am fine. And I think giving people space, but letting them know you're there is really important. I couldn't help myself until I wanted to get help. I also am a big proponent of therapy and like medication when needed. I started taking Lexapro six months ago. And I literally has changed my life to everyone that's considering it. Like it took me a few different medicines to try, but I have just always struggled with anxiety and it's like massively impacted how I move through life and just made me better at my job, made me better to my friends, made me better girlfriend to my boyfriend. And I just think it's okay. Like you use all the resources in the world because that's why they're there.
0: What's a piece of advice that you would give to someone who wants to start some sort of passion project, but doesn't really know quite where to start? Like, how did you connect with podcasting as a medium?
1: And like, how did you jump in? I'd say my first advice, piece of advice is just start, just try it. I don't know how many friends I have, you have, I've been this person. You're like, I think I'm going to do this. I have this idea. Just start, just try it. Just fail, like fail fast. I, I literally had no idea how to do it. I just like started researching and started we spend so much of our life saying, I'm going to do this when, or I have this idea. Just don't lay yourself down, like give it a shot. It's not that big of a deal. You're not going to die. And I'd also say, if you're looking for like passions and things to do, you're not sure what you're passionate about. Think about the things that like make you forget to eat and make you forget to pee. Whether it's you love books, you love reading, you want to start a book club, you want to start a book, Instagram, you want to do, write a blog, like, whatever it is, I just think, think about the things that like really make you forget time. And also think about the things you loved when you were young. I think that's huge for me. I love baking. Like putting a podcast in and baking is like my favorite form of therapy. And I love asking people questions. Like I meet someone new and I'm like, so your girlfriend and your, and your mom, and where are you from and your job? What's your day-to-day like? Like that is me. And that's why podcasting is great. Cause I love genuinely to like know people's ins and outs of their lives. Like This is uncomfortable for me because I have questions for you guys, you know, like think about it's like the things that make you you because those are really unique and probably not like anyone else And the world probably needs more of that.
0: That's really great advice. And you mentioned
1: childhood. What was something that you really enjoyed growing up? I love to bake. Like I used to literally make potions in the kitchen and be like, dad, try it. That's what I like to do.
2: Did you have one of those?
3: What what were those like little mini ovens? An easy Easy bake bake oven. oven? Yes,
1: of course I had an easy bake oven. The best. So jealous! I always wanted one, and now I have a
3: real oven, and I'm like, this is bullshit. I want to. I want an easy bake oven. Our next little quick fire question is: What's something that you're grateful for right now? My health.
1: well My health because I got my appendix out two weeks ago, which is like super random, and I was like, oh my god, I can't move. Like, it just makes you appreciate the little things. You know, it's good to remember because now I wake up every day and I'm not like, oh, thank God my appendix is fine. But like in that moment, (laughs) you're like, oh my God, like if I could just do my daily thing. So my health, the health of my family. The last one is, what's something that you're excited for right now? I'm excited to be home at the holidays with my family. So cheesy. My best friend's coming. My parents live in Napa. She's coming with her boyfriend. They've never been out there. So it's just gonna be a lot of fun. I freaking love being home. I'm like super close to my parents. So I can't wait to hang with them.
3: Okay, Lauren, thank you so much. This has been illuminating both in terms of Web3 because I had zero (laughs) idea what that was. So glad I could provide context. Oh, yes. And then also just, I feel like you gave so much awesome insight on starting. Just start and how that can be the best thing.
0: That can be the best thing. And you never know what will come of it. And it could be amazing. I'm going to say to myself constantly from now on, you're not going to die. It's not gonna kill you. Just do it.
1: <laughs> Truly, Lauren. Where can people find you if they want to follow you? You can find me at Lauren D Tierney on Twitter and Instagram, and then you can find Allowlist at AllowlistVIP on Twitter and Instagram. And Life Snacks is no longer live, but you can still look at the episodes. It just there's no new episodes because I'm focusing on Allowlist now. But you can find it at Life Snacks podcast on Instagram.
0: Your podcasts are fantastic and I've really enjoyed listening to them. So I highly recommend that our listeners go over and and listen to Allow Less and listen to the backlog of snack Live Snacks. I appreciate you
1: guys so much. It's so fun.
3: We love talking to Lauren. That was so cool. I'm so glad that you invited her on because I know nothing about any of those things.
0: (laughs) I mean, I know about some of those things, but I don't know anything about the Web3 about the metaverse. I've always been so confused by it. And just to have her explain it in such like clear terms with examples. Oh, I'm a sucker for examples. If you give me an example, I get it. Without an example, I don't get it. Especially something so abstract. But that was a fantastic conversation. And I I really did love what she said about, it's not going to kill you. Just do it. Just do it. Just start. Thank you for listening to our episode today. If you like what you hear, please subscribe. And also, we would love it if you would leave us a review. Five stars, Mm -hmm. please, if you enjoyed it. If you don't want to give it five stars, then just don't leave a review. That's fine. But if you do leave us a review, and it is five stars, we will share a review at the end of every episode, including
2: today's episode. Our first review is from Zav Sunshine. Fabulous five stars. It says, The crowd goes wild. Here it is. I love Wouldn't We Like to Know so much. Their voices are like angels. Thank you so much. Yeah. I feel like I'm sitting in a cozy, serene room listening to Ariel and Linda talk. The information they discuss is gold. I'm so grateful I found your podcast. Please keep them coming. And then it says, In parentheses, please sing. What should we sing for her? weren't we gonna we were gonna sing the review weren't we oh yeah let's try okay ready let's see what happens
1: i I love love, wouldn't we
2: we like like to know so much. much their voices are like angels. angels okay i think that's an i think that that gives you a really nice view into um, okay that possibilities. was that was it just a sneak peek uh we'll make a OnlyFans mus- fans if you want to hear the whole thing <laughs> just our musical stylings exactly uh you can find us um on instagram at yep. wouldn't we like to know or Send us an email, wouldn't we like to know at gmail.com. You
0: can email us your questions, any podcast topics that you would like us to cover,
2: we guests would love to that them. you would like mm-hmm. on the pod, anything yeah. at all. Please get in touch. We love people. Yeah, no, we love all of you. <laughs> but we love Everyone all you. listening, we love you all. Yeah. Please tune in next Tuesday. Yes. We'll see you then. We'll see you then. Love you. Love you too. Bye. 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 Bye.
0: bye.